Welcome to First in Maine, your avenue to living well. I'm Debs here with my amazing co-host Lauren to meet you in the busyness of your everyday life, to pass along some of the insights and wisdom we've gained over the years. Don't try to figure out life alone. We want to connect you to some of the incredible, well-rounded people in our world. They're life coaches, counselors, pastors, physicians, just amazing people who can help you along the way. Each episode, we'll be sharing sharing personal stories, practical help, and timeless principles to help you live at your best. So lean in and let's tackle life together. Hey guys, I'm back. And if you've listened to the last couple episodes, then you already know that Deb shared with you that I was in a car accident and that I've had a couple obstacles since then. And yes, that is all true. But guys, God is so good. You know, there's definitely been some setbacks, but the comeback is going to be so much better. You know, Lauren, I remember when you called me to let me know what had happened. And I mean, you and Peyton both were shaken up, but I mean, you felt okay. And I remember thinking, golly, Lauren's got the best attitude right now. (laughs) I mean, after I got off the phone with you, I mean, you had told me your car was probably totaled. And the guy who came flying off the interstate, I mean, he hit you really hard, so much so that it even pushed you into the car in front of you. And like, as you were talking about what had happened, you were joking about this guy because he stepped out of the car and he wasn't wearing a t-shirt. And like, (laughs) you just got, you know, the biggest laugh out of that. And I was thinking, man, like she could be focusing on a whole lot. And she's like giggling because like this guy steps out of the car without his T-shirt. I just thought, I thought that was the absolute best. And, you know, just even listening to you right now, um, you guys are really having quite a few issues, but you're like, this setback is going to be a comeback. It's going to be even greater. And I just, I love that about you. You always have the best attitude about things. And I mean, I love a whole lot about you, but I can say, that kind of attitude you have is one of the things that I just admire so much about you. Thanks, Debs. I mean, seriously, though, who drives without a t-shirt on? (laughs) (laughs) It was obviously somebody really young. I mean, that was the craziest thing, but (laughs) I definitely don't do that either. (laughs) Um, So the day that we got into the car accident, we were actually headed to get some workout clothes for Peyton. We had just joined the gym and Peyton and I were so excited about like getting into the gym and working out and this new healthy lifestyle. And so we were headed to um, Dick's Sporting Goods to get some workout clothes. And then on our way, boom, car crash. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Yeah. I can only imagine how frustrating that had to feel. I mean, you're moving forward, you're excited, and then bam, you know, everything changes like in the blink of an eye. Yeah. And the crazy thing is you had just shared that miracle story about your car on the podcast um, the week before. So I, you know, we love keeping it real here. I imagine that you've probably been on a roller coaster ride of thoughts and emotions since then. And I would assume keeping your attitude in check throughout all of this has probably been um, a struggle. Right? (laughs) It definitely has been a struggle. Um, It is crazy that I just had that podcast episode about um, 
the miracle car and getting this car. And I still believe that that was what God wanted me to do at that time. Um, but I also talked in that episode about how the enemy just really works to like pull us off track. Yeah. And um, I definitely think that he was trying that with me with my attitude lately. These last couple of weeks have definitely been tough. I've had to cancel lots of salon clients and then reschedule them, uh, make doctor's appointments. Um, some of these doctors that I'm going to see are like 45 minutes away. And then you add Atlanta traffic and it's like mm. an hour, an hour yeah. and 10 minutes. I can imagine. Uh, yeah. I've been on the phone for countless hours talking to like car insurance companies, uh, mine and the other person's, health insurance um, doctor administrations and trying to get scheduled appointments and, um, oh, and trying to get medical records. You know, I'm not only doing this for me, but I'm also doing it for my husband. And because of like HIPAA laws, it's like almost impossible to get anything for him. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> I've had to purchase things like a heating pad and ice packs. I mean, the ones that I had were small and I definitely needed a much bigger one to fit my back. I've also recently purchased something called an acupressure mat, which, mm. by the way, is amazing. Have you heard of this? Uh, no, but I'm interested. I'm interested. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> it is so good. You can get them off of Amazon. And it's crazy. It's like a yoga mat, and it has, like, little spikes on it, and you uh -huh. lay on it. And it feels like it looks like it should hurt, but it feels so relaxing. It like loosens your muscles and it's very relaxing. It's very strange, but it works. <laughs> I think I'm going to come to your house and try one first. <laughs> yes, come on, come on over anytime. But I also had to get like a cervical pillow, which is a special pillow for your neck. And so like at the end of the day, I'm like spending a ton of money to feel better, but like I'm not making any because I'm out of work. So that's very frustrating. Yeah. I mean, that honestly, that's a lot to deal with, honey. We all have our own areas where there's things going on that we have stuff that we've got to deal with. And I think a question, a good question for all of us to consider today is how's our attitude when, you know, setbacks occur, when bad things happen, because they are going to happen to all of us. And it can happen, you know, in the blink of an eye. Things are going to go on that are beyond our control and what we do in these moments, especially in terms of, you know, our attitude, it can make such a huge difference, um, not only in terms of, you know, our personal well-being, but in how we interact with our spouse, our kids, you know, everybody that's in our world and all those people around us. I'm sure it affects how you make those phone calls and who you're talking to and all of that. Yeah. Definitely. It's, it's really has been a challenge. One of my doctors, he actually recommended a few books for me to read about my neck and back muscles. And it has some like at home physical therapy things I can do for myself. So I went ahead and got those. And I've really had to fight against this feeling of like, how am I supposed to do all this? Right. <laughs> how am I supposed to go to work and try to recover my income while I'm still hurting for one, and then come home and take care of just regular chores? I mean, we still have groceries that need to be purchased and laundry that needs to be done and just regular household cleaning. Plus make all these doctor's appointments in all these different areas. Like right. I said, they're like 30 minutes away from me. And how am I going to try to find time to read these books and do these exercises and then figure out how to keep up with all my coaching calls that I just started. Yeah, because you like started two new coaching groups, didn't you? I did. And yeah. I was so excited about them. But I'm like looking at my schedule and I'm looking at my calendar and I'm supposed to travel 
twice in August and once in September and possibly again in October. And I'm just like, okay, Jesus, activate. (laughs) Activate all your power in me and in the situation, and please just help me get through Yeah, and he does it. I mean, that's the wonderful thing is when we call on him in the midst of these kind of moments, he absolutely comes to our rescue. I know it's true for me. I imagine it's true for you as well. It's really these kind of moments that not only help us kind of see our attitudes a little bit clearer, but they are definitely opportunities. These kind of moments afford us, you know, the opportunity to cultivate a positive attitude. For sure. I mean, just trying to keep up and recover and do all those things without like snapping on someone (laughs) is not easy. Man, my poor husband, Peyton, he has gotten the brunt of my frustration. And so I am excited to talk about cultivating a positive attitude with you today. And I'm pretty sure he's appreciative of it also. (laughs) Uh, Well, you know, the thing is, For any of us, when we go through situations, one of the things that we can do to help ourselves is to talk with somebody about it, to kind of, you know, we're to spur one another on. So like talking about this kind of stuff, it's a form of accountability. And accountability helps all of us. You know, if you're going to talk about it, you're going to want to live up to it. (laughs) (laughs) I want to read one of the things John Maxwell says about attitude, which he has a lot of books on this. So you can look into him and read up on, you know, some of his things. But he says, our attitude is a choice that we make. Most people, average people sit around, they wait for someone else to motivate them. But, you know, exceptional people really cultivate a good attitude. Most people are tempted to believe that their circumstances are responsible for the way they think or feel. But in reality, attitude is always a choice. In fact, while we can't control many of our circumstances, attitude is that one thing that we can control. And choosing a positive attitude can make any circumstance look better, which is exactly what you've been doing, Lauren. And, and, and here it is. I mean, when we choose our attitude and a positive attitude, what we're doing is we're actually taking control of a really important aspect of our lives. We're leading our lives instead of just letting our lives control us, letting our circumstances and setbacks control us. And I love that. The reality is, though, these are the kind of things that don't happen by happenstance, Anika talked about that. We cultivate them. It's something that we work at. It really is. You really have to work hard at it. (laughs) Yeah. And, you know, I said it in the last episode, and I think it's worth repeating. Whatever we cultivate dominates. And we're all going to face daily challenges to stay positive. I know I do, and I really don't think I'm alone. I talk with a lot of people. It's you know, we're just surrounded by a lot of negativity these days. It comes really every day. It might be in the form of bad news or the bad attitude of someone, uh, bad driving. There's a lot of that. Yes, Yes, there is. (laughs) Poor quality service. I mean, getting good service anymore is, you know, really challenging. Or even being able to talk to somebody about service is, you know, there's all these steps involved in that. I mean, you name it. Every day we face spiritual opposition. And a lot of times we get real frustrated and we think we're fighting against people, but in reality, 
there's a lot of spiritual dynamics going on. And the Bible tells us we don't wrestle with flesh and blood, but it's actually against powers and principalities and rulers of darkness, spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places that work through people through some of these things that I'm talking about, but it's really the enemy coming against us to get us off track and derail us and keep us, you know, in those funks. And anyway, that's why I think this is such an important topic. One, uh, you know, our attitude is one of those areas that absolutely, without question, is going to naturally decline without continual cultivation. So let's just let's just take an evaluation, self-evaluation for a moment. How are you guys doing in this area? How's your attitude these days? Rate yourself on a scale of one to 10, one being terrible and 10 being absolutely terrific. What would you give yourself? And um, maybe take it a step further. Think about it. If I were to ask the person closest to you or the, po- you know, the people closest to you, how do you think they would rate your attitude? That's a really good question. I mean, it really is. It's a great question to think about for yourself and for the other people that are around you because attitude is such a difference maker. Really think about that. The reality is people don't just give you a bad attitude, okay? Sorry, guys, but you cannot blame your bad attitude on your spouse or your kids or your job or your in-laws or a car accident, (laughs) If you have a bad attitude, you give it to yourself because the only person who can control your attitude is really you. So sure, I mean, you may have reason to be frustrated or upset or hurt, but how you respond to it really is your choice. So true. You know, Debs, I recently just finished reading this book called Aspire. It's by Kevin Hall, and it is so good. Have you heard of this? I have not. Okay. I have now. (laughs) Yes, it is really good. Highly recommend it. Um, In its opening page, it talks about how words are the creative force of the universe because, like, that's how everything began, right, with words. Mm -hmm. I mean, what does John 1-1 say? It says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. If you go back all the way to Genesis, think about the first words of God. Let there be light. Those words illuminated the world. I mean, that's powerful. And it got me thinking this. I have the Holy Spirit in me, so then basically I have the power to do that too, right? Absolutely. (laughs) We were created in God's image. Yeah, I can illuminate the world. Now, obviously not the same way God did, but I can do that with the words that I use with myself and the words that I use with others, with my choices and with my attitude. Just choosing light over dark and choosing the positive over all the negative. Absolutely. You know, words are very powerful. The Bible has a lot to say on that topic. You know, for instance, Proverbs 18, 21 is, you know, one of the scriptures that immediately comes to mind. I'll read it to you. It's out of the Amplified Bible. It says, death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it and indulge it will eat its fruit and bear the consequences of their words. The reality is fruit is the result of what you cultivate, right? And so we're talking about cultivating. So we can either cultivate words that are going to cause us to reap good fruit or cultivate words that are going to cause us to reap bad fruit or consequences that 
might not be so great. If we understand these principles, if we learn how to use our words correctly and positively because they are powerful, they they have the they contain life, the power of life or the power of death. You know, if we use uh, those words uh, for life, we can actually they can be building blocks for not only success but you know for a life of significance. But in the same way, if we don't use them correctly or we speak, you know, negatively, our words can tear down. They can actually destroy. They can most definitely stunt our personal growth as well as, you know, our contribution to others and to society. I mean, just take time and read James 3. It talks at length about the harm of the tongue and how big a fire it can set. It's a little bitty member, but it can set on fire, you know, um, a lot of things and, you know, it it cause a lot of trouble. Um, Words can be very damaging. Yeah, absolutely. So Debs, talk to me here. What are some ways to practically apply this in our lives? Like what, what can we do? I mean, I think first in Maine is have a biblical worldview on this subject. You know, engage with the Word of God. Learn what the Word of God says about the power of words and how to use them. Learn what the Bible teaches on attitudes. You know, we talked last time about how the Bible is inspired. It is put for our correction, for instruction, for teaching us in the way of righteousness. It shows us what is right. It gives us a standard, all right? And then as we um, understand that, we can begin cultivating those things that it teaches into our daily life. And as we sow those things, we'll begin reaping the benefits of them. You know, one example is if you engage with the Word of God, you would read Ephesians 4.29. 4.29 says, don't let any corrupt talk come out of your mouth, but only the kind of talk that's good for building up, you know, as fits the occasion so that it can give grace to those who hear. That's God's desire for us, is that our talk is going to build up and not tear down, that it's going to, you know, minister to grace, minister grace to those who hear. And one of the things that I always think about, you know, even with this particular passage is that's not just to others, but it's something that we apply to ourselves because we all do self-talk. And a practical way to apply some of these things in our lives is start by listening to yourself. What kind of self-talk do you have? Is it building up? Is it tearing down? Is it positive? Is it negative? Because, you know, John Maxwell, he says it like this, what you tell yourself about your situation is either an anchor that holds you back or or a cell that propels you forward. Don't you love that? I love that. I love that quote. I've, I've used that on my social media before. <laughs> you know, so we're going to think negative things. Again, we're living in a negative world. Negative thoughts are going to come. Some of us have been raised in very negative environments. And some of us just kind of have that, uh, like a, a more pessimistic attitude. But all of those things can be shaped and transformed by the renewing of our mind that comes through the Word of God. And so when negative thoughts arise, we can talk to ourselves. We can 
you know, speak over those things. We can speak positive things in response. We can remind ourselves of the truth. All those negative voices inside of our mind do not have to rule us. We can um, change those things and we can find the positive in situations. Yeah, I agree. I I do think that, you know, we choose what we think. And one of the things that I like to consider is that things could always be worse. I had to think about that even after the accident. You know, yes, I've had so many setbacks. Yes, I had to cancel work. Yes, I had to um, make all these phone calls and deal with insurance. And it's all very frustrating. Plus, I'm in pain. But at the end of the day, you know, I'm walking, I'm talking, I'm right here doing a podcast with you, I'm at work, Um, I'm not working the way I was, but I'm still able to work. You know, it could have always, it could have been worse. It could always be worse. Wow, that's so true, Lauren. That's that's really good. You know, guys, so at the end of the day, you know, what we're talking about, it really is a skill and it's something that you cultivate. It's something that can, you know, grow in your life, that skill. And the Bible does tell us that we can take our thoughts captive. You can read that in 2 Corinthians 10, verses 5. You know, we're told to destroy arguments, every lofty opinion that gets raised against the knowledge of God, to take every thought captive to obey Christ. But here's the key. You are never going to be able to do that if you don't know what the Word of God actually says. You can't make those adjustments. You're not going to know what to recognize and what to silence. You know, Philippians 2, for example, it tells us to have the same attitude as Christ. Well, what attitude was that? It's something that you learn by studying the life of Christ and seeing how he engages in certain situations and all of that. But particularly in this particular verse, it tells us that we're not to do anything uh, from a place of selfishness or from conceit, but with an attitude of humility, you know, not being arrogant, not being self-righteous, that we're to regard others as more important than ourselves. And, you know, it says we're not merely to look after our own personal interests, but after the interest of others. So when we read that, you get a picture of what we're to be or to do or how to behave. And then you're able to compare how you're behaving in light of that. And then if you find that your attitude is the one that you're not supposed to have, That's where you begin to take those thoughts, you hold them captive, and you say, no, I might think that, I might feel that, but Jesus said, blah, 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 blah. And so that's that's kind of how I live my life. I try to be aware and pay attention to how I'm thinking, and when I catch myself thinking negatively or having an attitude that I know is not you know, in alignment with what I've learned, then I begin to resist that and begin speaking the word of God into that situation and asking the Holy Spirit to help me, you know, shift and adjust my attitude to be more like him. 
Yeah. And, and you're really good at that. You're really careful about what you say and how you say it. And that is something that I appreciate about you as well. Oh, yay. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I know that this sounds silly, but I always do go back to that bracelet I used to wear, the WWJD, Uh what would Jesus do? And I mean, it really does when I think about that and I ask myself that question, what would Jesus do? It does help me to recenter and refocus on what is most important at that moment. Yeah. And I think that when we do these things, we are feeding our faith and starving our fears. For sure. Um, Choosing a positive attitude is, I mean, it's very challenging. (laughs) It's counterintuitive. And it can be especially difficult if we haven't been filling our minds with positive input. So if you've been starved of anything positive, then it's best to start feeding yourself a regular diet of motivational, inspirational, faith-fueled material. Philippians 4.8 says, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there's anything worth a praise, think about these things. So good. And this is so true. And it's, you know, here's the thing is there are times in our life where we may have been doing really good at that and maybe there's just been a decline. And so this is kind of a podcast that's saying, okay, you can reset. You can begin feeding your spirit man again. You know, listen to messages, listen to positive podcasts, read good books, uplifting books, Um, listen to uplifting music that feeds your spirit. And here's the thing is like, when you neglect that, you don't necessarily have an appetite for it. And so it's one of those things where you just say, I know that I've got to begin cultivating my attitude and feeding my spirit, man. And I might not feel like it right now, might have an appetite for it. But if I sow in this area, that will grow and I will reap, you know, positive benefits from that. As you do, I promise you, you will not only start seeing a difference in your thought life and your attitude like pretty quickly, but it will grow. And it, it, like it's that momentum thing, momentum thing. You'll, you'll find yourself like in a pace and then suddenly like that's all you have an appetite for. Because um, what you feed, you fuel. And what you starve, you deprive. So um, if you're you know more negative right now, and you've maybe been negative for a long time, it's going to take a little bit of time to turn that attitude around. But if you consume, like Lauren said, a steady diet of the right, you know, mental food, you will become a more positive, hopeful, you know, faith-filled thinker. Because, you know, we talked about it last episode, what you cultivate dominates. Yeah, absolutely. So in that book that I read, Aspire, It actually talked about breaking down the meaning of words, and it talked about 11 different words and their meanings and even their Latin origin. And I guess just because I'm a big nerd, I just really loved it. (laughs) So after reading that book, I'm like Googling words like crazy now. (laughs) I'm like Googling Latin suffixes and prefixes of a word because they really do truly help you understand the context of a word. Yeah. So I went ahead and did that with the word cultivate, since that is what we've been talking about these last couple of weeks. Oh, good. I love it. Tell us about it. Okay. Okay. So the Latin root word cult means grow. Think like agriculture, which is the growing of plants. And then eight 
A-T-E, is a verb suffix meaning to act on something in a specific way. Basically, to cause something to become active, to activate. So when we hear the word cultivate, the context of the word means to act on growing something specifically. So let me ask you this. What are some of the attributes you are wanting to grow in the area of attitude? In other words, what are some specific qualities you are wanting to actively grow in your attitude? I love that. And, you know, guys, think about things like humility, gratitude, hopefulness, kindness, resilience, courage, and confidence. I mean, and we could go on and on. I mean, there's there's a lot of work that we can do in this area of our life. And, you know, all of these things can be cultivated. And I really, I would really encourage any of you to... Um, who haven't listened, or maybe you already have listened, go back and listen to episodes 10 through 14, because each of those episodes is on attitude. And in episode 10 and 12, Lauren and I talk about eight specific attitudes taught in scripture that will actually lead to lasting um, happiness, true satisfaction. And then in 13 and 14, we interviewed some of our friends to get their input on, you know, the subject. So there's a lot of great content that you can feed yourself in way of just um, cultivating a better attitude. Yeah, for sure. That was that was also challenging. We did the um, attitude challenge uh-huh. that time. We did. <laughs> um, John Maxwell actually lists some specific traits of people with good attitudes. They are things that I am intentionally cultivating in my life, and they really do help. And one of them is to be teachable. I love that about you, Lauren. That's that's another one. <laughs> you're always <laughs> learning, and you're always open. And that well, is, it's a great quality. Thank you. And I think that you are teachable as well. Um, I mean, we both had to be when we started this podcast, right? Right. right. <laughs> but not only do I want to be teachable, I also want to be solution focused. And by this, I mean having the attitude that there is always an answer. Oh, yes. Come on. I yeah. want to tell you that uh, quality in a person's attitude is such a difference maker. If you've ever served on a team with anybody, if you've ever worked with anybody and you've got somebody that is a problem solver, it is such a beautiful quality. And, um, you know, Bill and I, we actually talk about that quality a good bit because more and more it seems like our younger generation working with people, talking with people, people really don't know how to like solve problems anymore. And if you do, you are going to stand out. I mean, that that's for sure. And I know Aaron, our son, just turned 26. Um, he says to us all the time, he's like, Dad, <laughs> I'm so <laughs> thankful. Because one of Bill's, you know, most common phrases or quotes was anytime, as Aaron was growing up, Aaron would come to him about something and he would just say, figure it out, son. Just <laughs> figure it out. And so Aaron, you know, comes back and says, now, you know, like I did not, that used to frustrate me so much, but you doing that and me having to figure things out has helped me so much. Yeah, that is so awesome. And really it does make you be accountable for your own actions. You have to figure it out for yourself instead of, you know, putting that pressure or putting or being codependent on somebody to do it for you. Absolutely. Absolutely. 
You know, John Maxwell, he, um, he, he says, your attitude will alter your outcomes. And just like having that attitude, if you have an attitude to figure it out, that's going to alter your outcome. And, you know, in his book, The Winning Attitude, he wrote, our attitude at the beginning of a task will affect its outcome more than anything else. Whether you uh, choose to be cheerful about a task, whether you choose to believe in your ability to accomplish it or figure it out, a positive attitude is going to empower you to do your best work. And, you know, very frequently it delivers the results that you desire. Expecting the best usually results in you achieving the best. Yes. And I think that thinking positively on the front end is critical to success. Also, another thing that I've worked on is being persistent. When I get knocked down, I get back up again. <laughs> Remember that song by Chamba Wamba? Yeah, knocked down. I can't sing it right now, but I totally hear it in my head. I love that song. Anyways, all in all, I have found that cultivating these qualities makes such a difference in my attitude. You know, they've helped me so much. And you guys, think about it. Are you teachable? Are you more of a problem-focused person or are you more of a solution-focused person? And are you persistent? Yeah, great questions. I think what we're really talking about here, guys, is learning how to plant seeds every day, whether it's with your thoughts, your words, your attitude, um, ultimately is going to affect the actions that you take. And if we're careful with these things, uh, our thoughts, our words, our attitude, our actions are going to grow into something beautiful. But if we aren't careful with them, we're going to reap things not only in the present, but down the road. And they're going to be things that we really don't want. So what we cultivate matters. It not only affects each of us in the moment, but it ultimately is going to impact our future and others, you know, for better or for worse. Yeah, it definitely does. And it's also important to realize that our attitude affects our relationships also. You have heard the sayings, um, I'm sure you've heard the sayings, Chatty Cathy, Negative Nancy. Debbie Downer, I hate that one. <laughs> yes, but you are not a Debbie Downer. You are you are a delightful Debbie. <laughs> I love that. Uh, well, I, I do think that certain character traits tend to repel people. Like, who really wants to be around a negative Nancy? Not me. <laughs> Not me. Um, but, like, everybody wants a to Karen. be around. <laughs> right? A Karen. But, but, like, everybody wants to be around a delightful Debbie. So certain characteristics and attitudes really do affect our relationships. They do. And... We all have people in our lives that are challenging, and um, instead of thinking about them, I mean, really take a minute and, like, consider your own traits and attitudes, because with every single one of us, we all have room to grow in this area. Uh, You know, the goal that we should all have is to be like Christ, and none of us have arrived in that place. So, you know, just take a minute and really do some self-evaluation. Are there some traits that you may have that kind of repel others? Um, Think about your attitude. How are you influencing others? Because your attitude is contagious. You will influence others with the kind of attitude that you have. 
Um, and, you know, a really good thing to do is really think about the people that you're spending a lot of time with. You not only influence others, but others influence you. Are you primarily around positive or negative people? Um, who's influencing you? Right. If you want to cultivate a positive attitude, then it's best to spend as much time as possible with people who choose to think positively. I like to be around people who see the good in situations and people that will encourage me to make good choices. I mean, none of us can completely avoid negative people, but being intentional about seeking out positive people and spending time with them will help us to counteract any negative influences in our life. Yeah, I love that. Well, guys, you know, this has been great. I feel like we've given you a lot to kind of chew on. So as we wrap up today, you know, we just want you to experience all the benefits that come from cultivating a positive attitude. If your attitude needs some work, then, you know, just work at it. Ask the Holy Spirit to help you. You know, think about ways that you might be able to cultivate an environment that is going to help you grow in this area and start planting seeds, seeds of faith, seeds of gratitude, seeds of joy. I mean, seeds of love, um, understanding, you know, compassion. There's a whole bunch, you know, that you can um, begin to plant because these are the kind of seeds that you want to grow and they will grow and you will grow into the person God has called you to be. You will become a more content person and you will enjoy life more. And you'll also attract people instead of repelling them, which is going to give you many opportunities to be a blessing. You'll inspire people and rub off of, you know, rub off on them for good. And I know you guys want that. Um, I know you want to be the kind of person who sees opportunities and situations because you trust God and have faith. And just know that as you put these things into practice, that you're going to be the kind of person who will show more kindness and gratitude toward others because your attitude will be positive. And as such, you will experience a level of success and blessing in your life that comes from putting in the effort to mature in this area. So we want to encourage you, keep at it, because what you cultivate in the area of your attitude will dominate. If you sow it, you'll reap it. Amen. <laughs> we can't control our circumstances, but we can control our attitude. It's so important to grow a positive attitude, to cultivate it and work on it daily. As always, thank you so much for listening. We cannot wait to meet you here again at First of Maine, your avenue to living well.